worship team a hand tonight. Hallelujah. Landon, I'm going to Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Amen. I feel the Spirit of the Lord in this house tonight. So we're just going to jump right into the Word if that's alright. If you turn your Bibles to John chapter 7. This is a message, actually, the Lord dropped in my spirit over the last few weeks, but especially last night. This is a message I've actually preached before, but God began to reveal some new things to me in it. And is the message I preached here, it's the first message I preached here when me and Sierra were dating. Over three and a half years ago. But I just feel like God wants to use this message tonight to encourage, to challenge someone tonight. John chapter 7, we're going to begin in verse 37. Very familiar portion of Scripture here. John 7, 37. We're going to read through 39 here. And in the last day, that great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried, saying, If any man thirst, let him come unto me and drink. He that believeth on me, as the Scripture hath said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. But this he spake of the Spirit, which they have which they that believe on Him should receive, for the Holy Ghost was not yet given, because that Jesus was not yet glorified. Let us pray. God, we thank You for Your presence in this house. I thank You for what I sense in my spirit. And God, I ask that tonight, Your Spirit that is here would just continue from the worship and preach to us tonight. And Lord, let us be open to hear and receive what you have for us. Let me decrease so that you may increase in Jesus' mighty name. The church says, Amen. Amen. Again, a very familiar portion of Scripture. Jesus, just to give you a quick backstory, Jesus did not go up to Jerusalem with the rest of his disciples for the feast, but he waited because the Jews sought to do harm to him. And Jesus snuck into town and stood up on the last day of that feast. And He spoke these words. That if any man thirst, let him come unto Me and drink. And he that believeth on Me, as the Scripture hath said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. Rivers of living water. I'm going to get to my Scripture. I'm going to have many Scriptures to give you tonight. But we'll just hit them real quick. I got some people ready to read for me and I'll, I'll, I'll get them up to read here in a moment. But I, I want to change, change uh, direction for a moment. I want to just tell you a little story from history. A little story from history. 
And the year was 1678, and a French explorer by the name of Louis Hennepin became the first non-native American to lay hold with his own eyes the great wonder we know as Niagara Falls. He was the first non-native American to lay eyes on it. He was a Frenchman, and he saw Niagara Falls and its beauty. And he was the first non-native American to lay eyes on that wonder. It's such an iconic wonder. Anybody here been to Niagara Falls? Had the privilege to be at Niagara Falls? It's 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 amazing. It is so spectacular. Pictures, videos do not do it justice of how awesome and powerful it is. But it it didn't take long after sixteen seven eight after sixteen seventy eight for men to see past the beauty and see that this river contained mighty power. This river, its currents, uh, because of Niagara Falls, pulled so heavy, they, they wished to harness this power. From the late 1600s, men tried and tried, uh, businessmen tried and tried to put mills up, to, to profit, to make profit from grain and grinding and from cutting logs and timber. And, and they tried all kinds of things, but never using the river for its fuel, to its full potential. They had all these things that they would try to do for over 200, really over 300 years. These men tried and tried to harness this power of the river, the true power of the river. No one could ever figure out anything to do with it until around the 1890s. In the 1890s, businessmen were trying to find a way to bring forth a commodity that had just come to the surface called electricity. Through Thomas Edison, they thought that they might have a, a solution through DC current or direct current. And they found that it was not effective enough to take them all the way. It was not effective enough to carry power that they wanted to generate from the river's flow and carry it to the surrounding communities. It wasn't the answer. So these businessmen, these business tycoons, I mean, you're talking some of the, 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 the richest men some of the richest men from the, 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 the industrial age, you're talking about the Morgans. J.P. Morgan and his family were invested in this project. And the Vanderbilts were invested in this project. It was a huge project, a huge undertaking, a huge investment to create a commodity and mass produce it. So these men tried and tried, even, even with no answer and no, no avail. And then finally, from Croatia came a young man by the name of Nikola Tesla. And he came and he said, listen, instead of direct current, I, I have figured out a way to bring AC or alternating current and, and it will go further, it will reach further than, than any current like it. it. It's better than DC, it's more efficient, uh, it has the ability to reach those around us uh, and it has the ability to even go miles upon miles uh, from where it's generated. And you say, what, what does this have to do with the text other than Jesus is talking about a river? And so I'm, I'm trying to tell you, give you a history lesson on a river in this nation. Because I, I, I want to bring out some principles to you tonight. And, and I believe that the, the church needs to hear this message now more than ever before. You see, just as these businessmen 
tried and tried with no avail for centuries. These men tried to harness the power or tap into the power of this river and and they could never find a way to, to get its full potential. They could never find a way to make a profit. Men would go in bankruptcy after bankruptcy, but still through the centuries there would come business tycoons that would say, I I believe this is worth investing in. I believe this is worth pursuing. And and we see that once Nikola Tesla came on the scene, him and and Mr. Westinghouse said, listen, we we can do this. We can make this happen. We we have the answer. This alternating current is unlike any other thing before. It it not only sends electricity from the power source, but the neutral will bring the electricity back. And and it's a two-way street. It's not just direct. It's not just one way. It's efficient. And, and, And again, you may say, what does this have to do with my spiritual life? Because there have been many, just like these businessmen, just like these investors, there have been many people that have sat under the the Pentecostal preaching and teaching and have yet to receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost. And you've tried, and you've tried, you've tried to press in. There are times you have felt the Spirit of God move upon you in a powerful way. And you know that God is real in your life. He's wanting to make manifests in your life. And listen, I'm not criticizing anyone that has not received the baptism of the Holy Spirit because there's many in this house, many under the sound of my voice that that are desiring for the Holy Spirit to come and and move in them like a river to to bring bring power and and authority to their life in a manner in which they've never experienced before. And many of you have tried and you said, I've prayed every prayer. I've listened to the saints once saying, let go. One telling me to press on and hold on. And and I've heard all the saints say, well, you need to do this. And and I got it flat on my back. And I got it on my stomach. And I I was at Mamaw's house. And I was at my house. And and we've heard all these things. And those things are wonderful. Testimonies are wonderful. But you've tried and tried. You've sought and sought. And and, and it just doesn't seem like it's going to happen. But I want to tell you and encourage you tonight. There is no better time. There is no better place. There is no better answer. We still have the answer. His name is Jesus. He said, Behold, I will send you a comforter and he will endue you with power from on high. I want you to be encouraged tonight just as these businessmen, just as these investors, they said, We're not stopping until we generate the power and tap into the power that this river holds. And there are some people under the sound of my voice tonight could very well be the night a Wednesday night December the 9th in Connersville Indiana where someone gets a hold and taps into a source a river taps into a power supply that they've never known before and we see that it was easy to be discouraged but these men never stopped these investors never stopped. They said, we will harness the power in this river. We will tap into it. We will. We will generate electricity. And we will have this alternate. This is the answer. 
And you know, as I began to be an electric guy myself, and, and I actually, someone called me an electric nerd today, today at work, and I, I was like, you know, this is what I've done. I've done it for almost a decade now. This is, this is something I, I'm passionate about. And, and as you begin to study uh, alternating current, uh, again, it's two ways. Uh, it doesn't only just go from the power supply, but there's a neutral involved that sends uh, something back, sends voltage back uh, to its power supply. It's always circulating. It's the constant motion. And what I've realized is in the church that we have today, in the American church, uh, is, is we have the power, and His name is the Holy Ghost. Uh, and we have a good ground, uh, which is Jesus, which is our foundation. Uh, but we are the neutral. We are the one. The neutral means you can go one way or the other. You're not really taking a side. Uh, and there are many people that have sat in the church uh, and they said, listen, I, I don't know about this. I don't know if I want to be a part of this or, or I don't know if I want to make sacrifices in my life uh, but listen it's a two way street you cannot uh, have light without a neutral it's got to participate uh, you can't turn a switch on and see lights uh, you, can't, you can't have anything your outlets won't work uh, without a neutral it, that neutral has got to carry current back uh, and you say what are you trying to say here God is full of power and he's constantly sending that power but all we have to do as believers uh, is be the neutral and say, God, I praise you. God, I worship you. God, I'm going to seek. I'm going to fast. I'm going to get a hold of you. And you'll find as you begin to, to volley that back and forth, as he sends you comfort, as he sends you peace, as he sends you all the things that he has at his disposal, you just continue to send thanksgiving and praise back to his throne. You continue to lift up your hands and worship even if you're by yourself you continue to lock yourself in your inner room and cry out to God because I will tell you that the reason AC power was so effective is because it could go the distance and when you get connected to the power of the Holy Ghost there's no devil in hell that can stop you there's no enemy that can stand against you there's no stronghold or mindset that can keep you bound I want you to know if you will just lift up your hands and cry loud, spare not, give him thanks, give him praise, you'll find that this power has the ability to carry you through the lows of life. It has the ability to, to give you strength when you're climbing up the hard mountains. It has the ability to keep you when you're on that mountain. But I want to tell you tonight, we have to become a powerhouse. We have to become a powerhouse. When Nikola Tesla, he was the man that brought the breakthrough. He said, I know how to harness this river's flow. Him and some other engineers got together. He said, we can do this. We're going to have to tunnel. We're going to have to dig. We're going to have to move mountains. We're going to have to blow stuff up. Our lives are about to get really hard. But we want to tap into this power. We want to tap into this thing that we've never known before. As the project got on the way, thousands of men, over a thousand men showed up to begin to work on this project. They began to dig and, 
And when they did this project, they had, they had to move entire communities. They had to say, listen, listen, your house can no longer sit here. We're, we're going to have to move you. They had to redo entire highway systems. They had to scrap them and start over. They had to build bridges that weren't there. They had to tear down some bridges that were there. They had to make way for this power to be generated in, this, in their life. And you say, what, what does that mean? Is These people were told this phrase. This may be an inconvenience for now. But when we get this up and running, it will be to your benefit. You'll have a commodity. You'll have an amenity that nobody else has in this nation. You'll have the power of electricity in your home. And what I want to tell you, especially young people tonight, the will and the plan of God may inconvenience you, but God still plans to empower you. He said, listen, I may have to move some things out of your life because you're under construction. You're under construction. You're still at work. You're still on the potter's wheel. I may have to get some things out of your life. I may have to move some relationships out of your life. I may have to disconnect you from some friendships in your life. I may have to remove some stress from your life, some busyness from your life. I may have to remove some fear from your life. I may have to redirect some things in your life. But I will tell you, you're under construction. And when I'm done, there will be a powerhouse that not only generates power, but it sends power to everywhere around it. And they will become a light. You will become a light a shining city on a hill that cannot be hid. God's plan may inconvenience us, but He still plans to empower us. Those homeowners were inconvenienced, had to give up their livelihoods, their homes, their their land, all for the power. 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 That AC currently goes the distance. It's a two-way street. Because as God supplies power, if you will but begin to praise and to begin to worship, you'll find that His power will be made manifest in your life. Cameron, if you'll read for me. Acts chapter 16, verses 23 through 25, I want you to read that for me tonight. And the Bible reads in Acts 16, 23 through 26. Um, and when they had laid many stripes upon them, they cast them into prison, charging the jailer to keep them safely. Who, having received such a charge, thrust them into the inner prison and made their feet fast in the stocks. And at midnight, Paul and Silas prayed and sang praises unto God, and the prisoners heard them. And suddenly there was a great earthquake, so that the foundations of the prison were shaken, and immediately all the doors were opened and everyone's bands were loosed. You say, what do you see there? What do you see there, Pastor Jade? What I see is the, all the prison doors were open. There was an earthquake. All the prison doors were open. Everyone's bands came off. Their bands came off them. Their shackles fell off of them. And that's powerful. That's awesome. You see, there was a demonstration of the power, but it hinged on the neutral. The neutral being Paul and Silas. It hinged on that neutral sending the praise and the power back. 
They stood there or they laid there. They sat there. Whatever they may have been doing. They were bound up. They were in a Roman jail. They'd been beaten and falsely accused. They laid there and they had the opportunity. We've heard it preached. They had the opportunity to say, I've had enough. This has gone too far. I feel too bad. I'm too weak. It's impossible. But what they did was they completed the circle or the circuit so the power could come. When they began to praise and sing psalms and and, and to pray and cry out to God, what we did is we sent the voltage back. He said, all right, my power's ready to show up. My power's ready to show up. My power's ready to show up. Carly, can you read for me Acts chapter 1? Acts chapter 1, verses 4 through 8. And being assembled together with them, commanded them that they should not depart from Jerusalem, but wait for the promise of the Father, which saith he, Ye have heard of me, for John truly baptized with water, but ye shall be baptized with the Holy Ghost not many days hence. When they therefore were come together, they asked of him, saying, Lord, wilt thou at this time restore again the kingdom to Israel? And he said unto them, It is not for you to know the times or the seasons which the Father has put in his own power. But ye shall receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and ye shall be witnesses unto me, both in Jerusalem and all of Judea and all in Samaria and unto the uttermost parts of the earth. The promise was power. The promise was power. They came to him and they said, Is this the time that you're going to restore the king? He said, No, it's a time for power. And there's many people asking, is this the time for this? And is this the time for that? No, this is the time for power. Is this the time that we should do? No, this is the time we have to complete the circuit. We have to continue to pray. We have to continue to seek after God. We have to continue to let Him remove things out of our life. Uh, This is the time for power. He said, ye shall receive power after the Holy Spirit has come upon you. Go back to our main text tonight. John chapter 7. He said that out of your belly shall flow rivers of living water. And the next verse in verse 39 says, He spoke of the Holy Ghost. In Acts chapter 1 and verse 8, he says again, you shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you. Why does God want to make you a powerhouse? Why does God want you to have a river flowing into you and out of you? Because what happens, what happened at the Niagara Falls power plant, this is how it goes down. They have these funnels, they have these pipes that funnel water down and this water comes at such ferocity and comes at such such speeds that it hits these turbines and these turbines begin to spin really fast and then the generators the generators upstairs begin to build up power and electricity and begin to distribute it out you say what does that mean for my spiritual life as God brings the river into your life it begins to stir something as those turbines do in your heart and in your innermost being it begins to turn something on the inside of you you begin to clap your hands you begin to pray a little longer you begin to fast a little longer you begin to seek his face a little more and it begins to turn in your life until the power generates in your life and then the light comes on and then the power is distributed he said I I give you power that 
that you may be witnesses. Uh, he said this is not just about uh, you, you're calling yourself a powerhouse. Uh, it's not just about look what I've done. Uh, look at my religious activity. He said no it's about those around you. Uh, it's about being evangelistic. Uh, it's about having them signs uh, follow you all the days of your life. It's about seeing the blind see. Uh, it's about seeing the lame walk. Uh, it's about seeing uh, the, the mute uh, speak again. It's about revival. It's about souls. It's more than just your life. He said, I may inconvenience you, but when this powerhouse is set up, it will alter everything around you. He said, I want to make you a powerhouse. I want to make you a powerhouse. Garrett, can you read for me? Acts chapter 2. And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all in one accord in one one place. And suddenly there came a sound from the heaven as a rushing mighty wind. And it came filled all the house where they were sitting. And there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as on fire as it set upon each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. So what does this have to do with anything? This is the birthplace of the church. This is when the church tapped in to the river. This is when the church, these men of God, talk about inconvenienced. These men had livelihoods. Matthew was a tax collector. They made good money. Peter and, and, and John... James, they were fishermen. They had to work to provide for their families. Jesus showed up and he said, I want you to drop everything and follow me. I want you to drop everything and follow me. Why? Why does God want us to surrender all to him? It's simple. I want you to become a powerhouse. I want you to become a generator for the kingdom of God. I want you to give life and to give energy to the church. I want you to give life and to give energy to those around you that aren't in the church. And you'll find as you read in Acts chapter 2 as as the Spirit of God was poured out, a rushing mighty wind came in, filled them all up. They spoke with cloven tongues as a fire. You'll find that That Peter stands up and he begins to preach and 3,000 souls are added to the church that day. Why? Tapped in to the river's flow. And God said, this is a powerhouse. This is a powerhouse. This is what I want the world to see. This is what I want the world to see. Marie, can you read for me? Matthew chapter 5, verses 14 through 16. Ye are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hid. Neither do men light a candle and put it under a bushel, but on a candlestick. And it giveth light unto all that are in the house. Let your light so shine before men that ye may see your good works. And glorify your Father which is in heaven.
You are the light of the world. I've preached this before. I'm really preaching it right now. But I know where there's light, there's power. Where there's light, there's power. What does a dark world need to see? Light. Niagara Falls power plant generates over two and a half million kilowatts of electricity. It is the fifth largest producer of electricity in the United States and for the most part of its existence it was the largest distributor of electricity in the United States. There was a time that it lost power. They had a major failure. And over 35 million people on the eastern seaboard lived in darkness for over 24 hours. Church, we cannot afford to fail now. We cannot afford to fall short of the glory of God. We cannot come this far as far as we've come as a body of Christ and not get a hold of revival. Young people, adults alike, you've served God, you've served God faithfully, you've come too far not to receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. You've come too far. He said this light is not to be hidden, but it's to be displayed for the whole house. Why Why are we to become a powerhouse? So we can light up a dark world. They told those people as they moved them out of the way, this is for your benefit. This is for your benefit. This is for your benefit. Everyone, all they saw was this massive dam. That's all they saw. Nobody saw all the hard work. Nobody saw the tunnels underneath. No one saw the secret connections that had to be made. No one sees your prayer life. No one sees No one sees what you're doing in private. God, God, God even says, listen, don't be, don't be like the Pharisees. Don't go out and say, man, I pray seven hours a day. Don't go out and say, oh, I fast, I fast every week and this and that. He said, don't be that way. He said, because what you do in secret, your Father will reward you openly. What does that mean? No one has to see the interconnections. All they need to see is the light. No one has to see what's going on underneath. No one has to see all the countless tears that you cry. Yes, those are doing wonderful things. I'm not trying to demean that. But what this world will see is the fruits of those connections. What the world will see is what is underneath. It will be revealed through the light. What this world needs is to to see the illuminating light of the people of God being who they're called to be. If you'll stand with me across this house. Powerhouse. Powerhouse. God wants to stir something up on the inside of you. Paul wrote Timothy and he said, I pray that you would stir up the gift of God on the inside of you. 
Pastor, the Holy Spirit is a gift. And I know we just got done talking about the light, and the light is the evidence to a lost world. This. The Bible teaches us that the baptism of the Holy Spirit is not only to be a witness, it, 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 it is literally to minister to the hearts of, of, of the lost. Excuse me. But it's more than just the evidence. There are tunnels under the Niagara Falls power plant that no one sees. No one knows what's going on under their feet that are literally 30 feet in diameter full of water. What God wants to do, it's not only for the lost to see the evidence, to see the light, to see the power on display, to see the signs, to see the wonders. But God wants to create in you a reservoir. He wants to create in you a powerhouse. Something that not only generates power, but it disperses it. They'll come to the music tonight. You may ask, you may say tonight, Pastor, you don't know what's going on in my life. Or you may say, you may be like these investors, we've tried, we've tried, we've tried. Never tapped in. I feel like Pastor Jade that I am so dry right now I'm so spiritually spent I feel as if I'm in the wilderness just a dry desolate place spiritually it's okay just because you don't feel the spirit of God moving right now doesn't mean the invitation is going to be given here in a few moments that he can't do you with power from on high in this place. I've told this story to my young people multiple times. Five of, five of my closest relatives growing up received the baptism of the Holy Spirit around a bonfire in the middle of a hay field on a Saturday night. We didn't know what we were doing. All we knew is we wanted to tap in. I was praying for someone else to receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. When I received the gift, I felt bad because the person I was praying for didn't. Lord, I stopped I stole that thing. But that night, heart was in the right place and going through things in my life and I'd allowed God to remodel put my life under construction he said now's the time now's the time
even in the driest of places. Pastor can speak of this. Terry can speak of this. Sister Glory can speak of this. Sarah can speak of this. There are times you flat out do not know what to pray. You feel so dry. And your prayers are going nowhere. And all of a sudden, as the Bible says, the Spirit begins to utter groanings. Something begins to come and flow out of you. You begin to tap into a reservoir. It's not about the inconvenience. It's about Him empowering you. Because my Bible tells me in Isaiah chapter 43 and 18, He says, Remember ye not the former things. We sang that song, I won't go back. Remember not the former things, neither consider the things of old. But behold, I will do a new thing. And now it shall spring forth, and ye shall know it, and ye shall not know it. I will even make a way in the wilderness, in your dryness. I will even make a way in your lukewarmness. I will make a way in your complacency and rivers in the desert. I will make rivers and places rivers shouldn't be. I will instill the Holy Spirit into people that you don't think has the possibility of, I'm going to do things in people new things that you can never imagine in the most unlikely of places in the most unlikely of people and he goes on in the beasts of the field shall honor me and the dragons and the owls and behold I will give water in the wilderness and rivers in the desert to give drink to my people my chosen. I'm wrapping this up, I promise. That word drink there in the Hebrew has two root words, and you take it back to one root word, and it means to be under the influence. God said, I'm going to bring forth rivers in the desert so my chosen people can drink. to be under the influence to be under the influence what did Peter say on Acts chapter 2 the day of Pentecost when he stood up he said these men are not drunken as ye suppose he never said that they weren't under the influence he said these men are not drunken with wine as ye suppose but they are under the influence of the Holy Ghost the Bible tells us in Ephesians, be not with dry, be not drunk with wine in excess, but be filled with the Spirit. You may not feel like it right now. It may have been a tough day. It may have been a tough year. It may have been a tough decade. You may be as the investors and you said, I've tried, I've tried, I've tried. I've praised, I've praised. I've, I've tried to be the neutral. I've tried to go the right way. 
but I haven't tapped in. I just feel so dry. I feel so alone. I feel like it'll never happen. I feel like I'll never receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Let me tell you, in the driest of conditions, in the darkest of nights, in the worst of times on a human calendar, God can make rivers in the desert. He can make powerhouses in a school. He can make powerhouses at your workplace. And you'll be under the influence. It's a drink. Jesus said, He who thirsts, come. Let him drink. He told the woman of the well, He said, if you drink of me, you'll never thirst anymore. So if you're here tonight, listen. We'll be, I'm going to be very frank with you. I'm going to be very transparent. I'm going to make this call for people that have not received the gift of the Holy Spirit. With the initial evidence of speaking in tongues, I want you to come forward. And I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't want you to think, well, that's not for me. He's just talking to the young people. I'm talking to everybody. I'm talking to everybody. We're just going to pray. No one's going to shake you. No one's going to smack your face. No one's going to tell you to hold on. No one's going to tell you to let go. We're just going to pray. I want you to respond. I want you to respond. Being honest with you. I want you to respond. But if you have not received the gift of the Holy Spirit with evidence speaking to and you're seeking, I'm, I'm not going to make you come. You may say, well, I don't, I don't know enough about it. Listen, the apostles knew nothing about it. Said, go to the room. The Holy Ghost showed up. So if you're here and you would like to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit tonight, tonight can be the night. Salvation's awesome. Never get over getting saved. But there's a depth that God wants to give us with the Holy Spirit. There's connections that He wants to make in a deeper way. So if you're here, I'm not going to beg you. But if you're here, I want you to line up across this front. We're going to pray with you. We're going to ask saints of God to come and pray with you. And I want you to believe. It's a gift. Receive. Should believe. So come. These altars are open. Hey, everybody. Pastor Ron, I pray that today's message and program has been just a great blessing to you. And I just... Uh, I'm so thankful that we had the privilege to come into your home today or wherever you may be watching. I would encourage you to uh, continue to follow us. We're on all of the major social media platforms. Uh, we have podcasts that you can follow us with. I would encourage you to reach out to us and let us know. Our information's on the screen. And uh, if we've been a blessing to you, please contact us. Let us know. And we look forward to sharing the word of the Lord with you again uh, next time. God bless you. We'll see you soon.